time to get back to sports school with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank, and Jeremy Brennan. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. He's Blank on Bradham, minute 17 to go in Buffalo. First half, 21-7, Bills in front. Maybe they'll get aggressive trying to score here before the half, but do not have uh, any timeouts left. 713-780-ESPN. If uh, this score holds, Texans go to Baltimore. Ocho says, I know he's good, but I honestly, honestly don't fear this reserved game-managing Lamar Jackson as much as the old runoff in Lamar Jackson. What do you think about that, Blinkers? Well, I mean, I think you always have to fear the fact that he is so dynamic when he, when he wants to tuck it and run. And at this point of the year, you got to believe that he's going to want to tuck it and run. But that offense, as much as I had had questions coming in, he see it seems to have worked really, really well. They, they're they're obviously riding a lot of momentum. They feel really good. I think Lamar Jackson is that better passer than people give him credit for, and I think they're going to have Andrews back now. But mm, uh, yeah, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I saw that they they like they activated they his activate. window. Mm-hmm. They activated his window, but they haven't like made him on. They haven't put him on the roster yet. I have no idea where he's at with the injury, and it's a 21 day window. So I don't know if he'll be available or not. It'll be interesting Possible. because he's such a big safety blanket for security blanket for Lamar. But I think that they got him better receivers. I, I think you I think you fear Lamar more this year than you ever have in the past because he's not looking to run all the time because he's not trying to make every play himself. He does. He just seems to be a better passer to me right now. I think, he, and, and obviously on the edges, he's dangerous. That's why a healthy Grenard helps. But those two guys on the edges have got to be super hyper focused and, and can't overrun the edge too because of the fact that he gets out so quick. I think it's more difficult to defend Lamar than it is Mahomes because you mm-hmm. cannot have it like Mahomes. They're both playmakers and they have the ability to make plays. But Mahomes wants to throw, and like Lamar, you have to still worry about the dual threat. I think he's—I agree with you, Blinkers—that he's a way better passer than he's ever been, and I do think he's underrated as a passer. He's my top-ranked quarterback right now, uh, but he still has the ability to. He ran for 821 yards yeah. this year, so he's still more than capable of running. Now that's his fewest yards per game since his rookie year, but he's still—he's just more selective when he does it. But like you mentioned, critical downs—you got a third and six, he's going to take off, and he's always one play away from the 60-yard touchdown run. So he's still dynamic with his legs. And the other thing too, Jeremy, is the fact that Mahomes rarely wants to get out to the edge and he, he basically likes to slide up in the pocket and then if he sees linebackers are dropping into coverage or they turn their back for a second, that's when he kind of capitalizes and gets the first downs. Lamar, if he gets to the edge, like you said, I mean, he's not only capable of getting a first down, depending on where, you know, where your secondary is and if they're in, especially if they're in a man, he can run all day. I mean, he's just, he's still that dangerous in the open field to where that's why you Holding the edge on both sides is going to be so hyper important because that's where he gets a ton of his yards. Yeah, I, I te- Lamar terrif- They both terrify me. They terrify me in different ways, mm-hmm. but Lamar terrifies me. Uh, going into the half in Buffalo, uh, Bills lead twenty-one-seven. So the Steelers that late touchdown kind of keeps them in the game a little bit. Uh, that interception they threw in the end zone, a huge killer in that first half. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Uh, are the 2023 Texans the 2021 Bengals? I, I know that we've had this conversation in the sense of the, the build for the roster. Like, are, are, the, are the Texans going after the way the Bengals built their roster? Where they, you know, they drafted Joe Burrow, and then Burrow in his second season got to the Super Bowl, and they gave him a little bit of help around them. But I was reading uh, NFL.com today, and they had uh, biggest immediate question for advancing and eliminated NFL playoff teams. And their biggest question that they had for the Texans 
Texans, which is kind of interesting. Are the 2023 Texans going to be the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals that, of course, went to the Super Bowl, they lost to the Rams, and they cost me uh, my recliner? Because if the Bengals would have won that game, I would have gotten that recliner from free, uh, from Mattress Mac or Recliner Mac. But how would you answer that? Are the 23 Texans going to be the 21 Bengals? I don't. I mean, I think you can look at it if if it's a positive ways. I don't think they are because I think that their ownership isn't as cheap. I think that they're not going to be afraid and they're run the right way too. where I think they're going to spend some money and they know that as we go like in tiers of where this team is now that this team is really going to turn the corner and be good for the foreseeable future. I think that they're going to be savvy, but they're going to spend. I think that they're going to do the right things. I remember the year that they took Jamar Chase and I thought, oh, God, Burrow just got crushed all year. You know, they, they need to get some line help, too. They were able to make that work. Um, they made some good picks. I think from like constructing the roster with the draft and things, they can be. I, I just think that from a Texans perspective, the positive is is that yes, you guys, you know, each team in, in each situation has the quarterback. I don't know that Nico's going to be Jamar Chase, but because you've got financial flexibility and you've got a lot of picks, I, I think that this this Texans team could actually be better. Yeah, I think it's more like, are they capable of getting to the Super Bowl? I think they are. I absolutely think that they are. Yeah, I, I think that, unfortunately, Burrow got hurt, but they, they, you know, there's still a team that has to be feared when no, they no, have... No, the Texans. Oh, the Texans, I think, that's what I'm saying. I, that's what I said first, though. I think the Texans absolutely are. I think the, the Bengals are capable of getting, you know, getting to a Super Bowl, getting further, continuing this run. They still got a ton of talent. They've got decisions to make on guys like Mixon and Higgins and things like that. But I think the Texans are definitely set for a run that might even be better because of the fact that, you know, oh, this year, like this year, because he's saying are the, tw- the 23 oh, Texans going to be the 21 Bengals who got to the Super no, Bowl? I don't 21. think so. I don't think see, I think they're capable. Like, I, they're capable, I, because, but I just don't see it happening. Because you have C.J. Stroud, you're capable. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds hyperbolic for a rookie. And I know that there's certain people that would like, oh, yeah, give me a break. You got to do a little bit more than beating Joe Flacco in the wild card round. And, you know, a rookie quarterback has never gotten to the Super Bowl. But you're seeing these graphics put up where, where C.J. Stroud is one of three quarterbacks quarterbacks all time to lead the league in passing yards per game and touchdown interception ratio. Like I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in football stats because I think they're very dependent of like who you have around you. Like if you throw for a lot of yards, you need a lot of really good players around you. If you run for a lot of yards, like Devin Singletary, where well, you need to be in a good scheme and you have to have a good offensive line that can block for you. So I don't put a whole lot of stock on individual numbers, but those are two critical numbers I look at for a quarterback. Like, I don't like turnovers. I think turnovers are a bugaboo. I think it's how you lose games in the NFLs when you turn it over a lot. So touchdown-to-interception ratio tells me, well, you're throwing a lot of touchdowns and you're taking care of the football. You're scoring points, which matters. It matters when you score points. It's how you win football games. And then secondly, the yards per game. It means you're moving the football. So I put some weight and I put more value in those two specific quarterback stats than I would a lot of other quarterback stats. The only three quarterbacks that have done it all time are, are C.J. Stroud, as a rookie, nonetheless, Tom Brady, and Joe Montana. And I understand that that's ex- like incredibly uh, great company. I understand mm-hmm. that's exclusive company. And I'm not saying that C.J. Stroud's going to be those two guys. But what if he is? What if C.J. Stroud is him? What if C.J. Stroud, as Case Keenum said today, or he said, at, he said this on Saturday in an article that came out today, Case Keenum said he thinks he's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, what if he is? And if he is, then I think that they are capable. And they're two wins away. Yeah, they're two wins away against two different, like two very difficult teams. Looks like you're going to have to win against Baltimore and then either be Kansas City and Buffalo or Buffalo. And I, I agree that that's da- daunting. The odds are very slim. But are they capable? 
I think they are. I think they're capable whenever you have a C.J. Stroud. So I'm not going to sit here and bet the Texans to win the Super Bowl, but I do think it's in play. I think it's in the realm of possibility. Look, I, I think from the standpoint of if he's him, if he's that guy, if, and he looks like he is, then, that's, then saying is he capable of being a reason that he could possibly carry this team? Sure, I understand. Then they're capable just because of him. But I, I just think roster to roster, and when you look at the rest of the teams, if you've got to go play two road games in bad weather and you've got to beat either Kansas City or Buffalo if you were, if you were able to beat Baltimore on the road, I think that's a lot to ask of this entire team. If you had a healthy Tank Dell, if you were healthy across the board or healthier, maybe you have a more of a fighting chance as a team. I don't disagree with you on CJ, but I think that from the, their team to the teams that they have to play, uh, I just don't think it's this year. No, I, I agree, but I do think it's in play. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it's in the realm of possibility. Would I be – I mean, I'd be surprised, and I'd probably – I mean, I would be stunned. I'd be pinching myself. But is C.J. Stroud capable of going into Baltimore and winning a football game? Yes. I think the answer is yes. Is C.J. Stroud capable of going into Kansas City and Arrowhead and winning a football game? I think it is. I think he is. I think, like, I think that highly of him that I think it is in play. I'm not betting it. I'm not betting it. But I think it is plausible, and I, I know it sounds crazy. I, I, th- I do too, Jeremy, but I think that the one thing that really concerns me, even as you were saying that, is is the what, just how the weather would factor into that. Because I don't know how many games he's ever played in, in snow and in really tough, cold conditions. But the fact that you might have to do it in that environment. CJ, yeah, look, I'm not betting against CJ as the quarterback of, of that football team against anybody. I mean, I think he's got a chance. But I think that those kind of things still concern me, in it, regardless of for, what year he's in. Going on the road in Kansas City, if it's like it was this weekend. Yeah, or not Buffalo. supposed to be. Not supposed to be. Now, okay. I mean, I'm saying after the Baltimore. And, and I mean, he did play in Columbus, Ohio. And like, Chicago and he, Michigan and like all those. Like, I don't yeah, know. At that time of the ten, year, the Big Ten's the known for some weather. Like, I, I, don't, I've, I don't know how many games C.J. Stroud played in sub-freezing temperatures. I have no idea. Now, I do know that the Big Ten versus every other Power 5 conference probably plays in more sub-zero temperatures than any other Power 5 conference. See, I, I would disagree simply because... What other Power 5 conference plays no, in more no, sub-zero temperatures? I agree with you on the conferences, but I, I'm saying in terms of the conditions being sub-zero, I would disagree. Sub-freezing. But because of the fact that in, in October and even into November, it's it's not that cold yet. Yeah, you're it's right. not that wintry, so it's different than playing in Buffalo, Kansas City in yeah. you know, January. Now, now, I don't think that the weather's that bad this weekend coming up. Like... They're, we, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, neither one's going to have – it's forecasted. Like, we know how weather works. Like, this could all change by Thursday. The current forecast calls for no snow on Saturday. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Baltimore, which Baltimore is going to have some cloudy skies and, like, 19-mile-per-hour wind, but no snow. Like, it's going to be nothing like we saw Buffalo-Pittsburgh. It's going to be nothing like we saw Kansas City-Miami. Like, the weather projection – Saturday at Baltimore is far better than the, the two weather games we saw this weekend and today. That's great. And like, and that's the Baltimore game. But now if you know, and again, we, we can't fork it. That's what guys that are meteorologists do. Sure. But at the same well, time, I, mean, I can try. I, I don't mind playing. I just, uh, I just have concerns about that because of the fact that he's already kind of limited in what he has to work with. But look, if there's anybody capable of, of like carrying the team, in my opinion, he's that guy, right? Yeah. I mean, he's shown us already way more than he w- I expected him to show us in, in maybe the first couple years. In, I mean, in how many games has Lamar played in the weather, though? Like, I, I wonder. like Because we, we, we throw around weather a lot, and we just stereotype the, the player for the team that they played for. But how many games has Lamar Jackson played in weather? Like, he, he went to Louisville. Like, how many games did they play in weather? Like, he's not had many playoff games because he hasn't had a whole lot of playoff success. How many weather games has he had? 
like I'd be interested to do the I research on that, that before just throwing out like a blanket statement of, well, CJ's at the disadvantage because he hasn't played as many weather games as Lamar. How many weather games has Lamar played? No, it's just like I said, that's at first blush I I had I had concerns about and I don't know how many games he's played in a, in a bad weather situation, but it, it's parallel, I mean it's parlayed with the fact that like he doesn't have all his weapons. I, I just think that this roster isn't quite to the level of the rosters of like for for sure Baltimore. Yeah, but then I would agree, look, and even maybe Buffalo. Yeah, I well or Kansas City's defense too. Yeah, I think well the Tex. I agree that the Texans roster with who's going to be left in the AFC is not up to the other teams just because it's year one and these other teams have been multiple years mm-hmm. in the window. So I would agree with that. That's why I wouldn't bet it. What I do find interesting, though, with the comparison of the 23 Texans and the 21 Bengals, Burrow was in his second year, and Zach Taylor was, I believe, in his third year. So you had multiple years of those guys. I know Burrow got hurt as a rookie, but Burrow was in his second year when they went to the Super Bowl. Zach Taylor was in his third year, whereas with the Texans, you have D'Amico in his first year, and C.J. Stroud in his first year. So are the 23 Texans going to be the 21 Bengals? Like, that seems like they're a little bit ahead of schedule. Oh, for sure. Of the, uh, like, the 20 Bengals who who didn't get to the – who had a rookie Burrow. That's what I'm saying. Who had a second-year Zach Taylor. I'm looking at it as, like, the, the, the totality of the big picture of where Cincinnati was and what they did and what the Texans now in their first year are kind of opening that window – how long it's going to stay open, how far they can go. I actually think the Texans can go further and actually get to and win a Super Bowl or more uh, because of what they've shown us so early. This conversation's like surreal. <laughs> if you told uh, told me we were having this conversation when sounds, the season yeah. opened up, that when we played Baltimore the last time, I'd be like, yeah, right. Okay. We sound like homers, Blinkers. <laughs> it's, 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 you're right. 713-780-ESPN. Uh, the Texans, 23 Texans, the 21 Bengals. Uh, we get regrade every Monday. We grade C.J. Stroud. We, we've done it each and every week in his rookie campaign. We also do a boxing grade of him versus the opposing quarterback. Let's grade C.J. Stroud. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 90. Before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend, Doc Linville, again. Look, new year, new you, and part of that could be the way that you look at yourself and the way you feel self-confidence-wise when you look at yourself in the mirror, and that means you could get your hair back. And from the standpoint of the neograft procedure that Doc Linville does, it is a game-changer. It's getting your own hair back from places that you're never going to lose your hair. Genetically, Doc told me this. I didn't know this, but he told me that you're never going to lose the hair on the sides and the back of your head no matter how bald you go anywhere else. And the fact is he takes some of that, repurposes it where you need it most. Maybe it's in the front at your hairline or up on top in the back. And suddenly you see follicles again. And then in six to nine months when you see the full results, you have longer, stronger hair where you needed it most. And it changes your your self-confidence because it changes your appearance. It's a game changer. And for you as a listener to ESPN 97.5, you can figure out and get all the information on the Neograph procedure. It normally costs $150. For you as a listener to ESPN 97.5, you get it for free. Just go to 975hair.com. Set up an appointment. Go talk to Doc and his staff. Check out right now the specials they got going for january the new year new you three dollars and fifty cents a follicle a massive savings over their normal prices because doc said he's not trying to make a big money profit he's trying to get people to realize you can get your hair back and they could be a game changer and he wants to help people so check it out go see if it's right for you ask questions get answers there's no commitment no signing on the dotted line just an open conversation to see if the neograft procedure might be right for you I did it. I couldn't be happier with it. You should check it out, too. Go to doc, see Doc Linville. Set up an appointment at 975hair.com. Razor Blunt Commentary. Delivered with a special purpose. What's happening to my special purpose? 
It's the Killer Bees, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. He's Blank, I'm Branham, Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Bills and Steelers are underway. Start of the second half, Bills have the football first. 21-7, Buffalo in front. If that score holds, Texans will be at Baltimore on Saturday. If the Steelers come from behind, it'll be at Kansas City on Saturday. Dre says the pressure's on Baltimore if it is the uh, Ravens. L- Lamar is the DAC of the North. Um, Lamar's not been great in the postseason. He's got a point about that. Uh, calling him DAC's probably insulting after the game that he had yesterday. Uh, but absolutely, the pressure would be on Baltimore. I mean, Texans would be it just all bonus from here. It's all gravy from here. Baltimore's yeah. the one seed. Lamar's been questioned really throughout his entire career about being able to produce in the postseason. Dre is right about that. Is it DAC or is it James Harden? Because I, I heard the guys, uh, Connor and Beard, talking about it, that it's it's more the James Harden comparison of a guy that can win MVPs during the regular season and, and win you know consistently, but in the playoffs becomes a, a, a different player and the results are awful, like getting knocked out as the number one seed. I think there is a ton of pressure on Baltimore to try and kind of get out from under that and pressure on, on Lamar too. Do I think that he's more headstrong and savvy than Harden? I do. I, I, I think that... He's he's going to show why he's going to win the MVP. He's he's a hell of a football player, but I, I, in terms of pressure, I think there's a ton more pressure on Baltimore. Steelers force a three and out. Buffalo's first possession of the second half, so maybe trying to fight and make that a game for Tomlin. All right, let's grade C.J. Stroud on his performance yesterday or Saturday. Sixteen for twenty-one, two hundred and seventy-four yards, three touchdowns. Most of that in the first half. His QBR, if you're into that sort of thing, ninety-eight point four. His quarterback rating, if you're into that sort of thing, one fifty-seven. Before we get our assessments uh, on C.J. Stroud, here was his head coach, D'Amico Ryans, on what he thought of his quarterback. C.J. is the reason why we're in this position. He's special. Special young man, special player, continues to shine no matter how big the moment is. Like Our whole team is leaning on him, and he has the shoulders to carry that weight, and he shows up week after week. He continues to improve week after week. Uh, no moment is too big for him. And when you have a, a young player who can shoulder the load of your team and the way the team is behind him, the confidence that he gives our entire team, it's so cool to watch because right? he's such a special player and you know, he has, has a special season, and we're looking forward to keep moving on. Incredibly high praise for an NFL veteran, like an NFL lifer that has been a captain in the NFL, that has played at a high level in the NFL, that has coached some good teams in San Francisco, now the Texans the first year. That's high praise from the horse D'Amico. Case Keenum, in an article at The Athletic, whoever wrote the uh, the story, he gave a quote about Stroud. I think he's going to be the best of all time. Like, he truly has the ability to be that way. I know it's a very early to say that sort of stuff, but, man, he does have some stuff that is just out of this world. Again, high praise, you know, talking up a teammate, sure, but Case Keenum's been around some good quarterbacks. Last year he was with Josh Allen in Buffalo. So incredibly high praise for some football lifers in Case Keenum and D'Amico Ryans. What do you think about uh, C.J. Stroud's performance Saturday and then a, a grade for him as well? I thought it was fantastic, and obviously it's the most important time of the season. It's the biggest game of the year. You win, you go home. He plays, he plays great football. 
Um, not no knock on him. His defense played great too. Got got to the the score kind of out of reach to where he didn't have to do too much in the second half. But as your leader, as D'Amico was talking about, and the fact that he didn't turn it over, you know, he he had a good completion percentage, sixteen to twenty one. You know, he had the three touchdowns, the no turnovers, the fact that he kept the ship steady. He led his team every moment that he was on the field. I give him a birdie. You you could give him more if he had to do more. But I think he did more than he had to. He did more than enough. He did everything that he was supposed to do. Um, sometimes the double eagles are because he single-handedly did some things. But I just think statistically, the situation, the setting and everything, and a W, I'll give him a birdie. Okay. I'm going to give him an eagle. Uh, I'll say that just from the start. You mentioned, like, the statistical numbers, not, like, crazy. Didn't necessarily put the team on his back because the defense – uh, played really well, scored a couple of times on pick sixes, put, pitched a shutout in the second half as well. But go look at the first half. Like, look at the first half when the game was in the balance. Like, the Texans didn't take a two-possession lead until the final series of their first half. Uh, it was going back and forth for a little bit. In fact, Todd Back Blackledge, whenever, uh, whenever tech, when the Texans took the lead after they were scoring on back-to-back possessions, kind of alternating, he said, like, buckle up. This is going to be a back-and-forth affair. Of course it didn't. But Stroud in the first half, when it was still very much a winnable game for either side, was 11 of 16, 236 yards and two touchdowns. That's insane. That's insane against the number one defense in the NFL when the game was still very much in the balance. Uh, we, we talk about big game C.J. Stroud, uh, the poise, like doesn't buckle at the moment, doesn't like there, there's not a stage that's too big. That was very much on display Saturday. C.J. was the youngest quarterback to ever win a playoff game, which is pretty crazy. And what's also crazy about that, like, he's the best player on the offense. Like, you you go back to, like, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, whenever he was a rookie and he won some games, got to the Super Bowl his second year. Like, Ben Roethlisberger wasn't Ben Roethlisberger yet. Like, they were winning because of their defense. That's not the case. Like, C.J. Stroud's the best player on the offense. And he does it with maturity. He's already a great leader, yet being the youngest quarterback to ever win a playoff game. That, that throw he had to Dalton Schultz for a touchdown was insane. The, the throw to Nico Collins was also insane. Nico kind of slowed down on the route. Not sure what was up with that. Uh, but they scored 31 points against the top defense in the NFL. 31 offensively. Four for seven possessions ended in points. That's better than a 50% rate against the top defense in the NFL. Three touchdowns on the offense. Before uh, The offense scored before the back-to-back pick sixes. It, it's an easy birdie for me. For C, or an easy eagle for me for C.J. Stroud. Joe, what do you got? Uh, it's an eagle for me as well. He played absolutely incredible in the first half. He didn't have to do anything in the second half because the defense just carried him all the way, but they were absolutely phenomenal, and, and CJ was great. So it's an easy eagle for me. 713-780-ESPN. What do you grade for CJ Stroud's performance on Saturday? 713-780-3776. How about the head-to-head between uh, Stroud and, and Joe Flacco? Like we're grading it as a boxing round, like we're boxing judges like Brian McDonald is. Okay, so you, again, not my, my my strong suit here. Yeah, but we've we've, we've taught you enough yeah, about th- it where you know. I think it's a whether I, I think it's just a full knockout. Uh, I, okay. I think that you know, from a team perspective, from a statistical standpoint, from a turnovers perspective, from the stats perspective, leadership. I think CJ knocked him out. Okay, that's. I think you can. Uh... Certainly make that case. I mean, Stroud's performance was incredible, and Flacco single-handedly uh, cost his team a chance to win the game. I'm not going to say to win the game, but a chance to win the game. I like to reserve my knockouts for whenever quarterbacks get hurt because I'm ruthless like that. But I give it a 10-8. That means he knocked him down at least a time or two. Uh, Stroud was easily the best quarterback on the football field. Uh, Joe Flacco made some costly turnovers. That first, The first one is Steven Nelson. 
uh, to me, was the end of the game. Yep. And if they all they had to do was get points there, and it's a one possession game. They were in Texans territory. It was first down. Whenever he's throwing off his back foot, uh, that was an awful decision. You can see why he's you know been on the couch up until about six weeks ago. Uh, so I give it a ten eight for C.J. Stroud over Joe Flacco. It was a fun story. It was a cute story. But you know what I saw on Saturday? I saw a team throwing in the towel. I saw mm. I saw a corner in Cleveland realize that they've got a dinosaur in the ring. This is Apollo Creed getting killed. It's a, a stoppage by corner in this one for me. Wow, they threw in the towel. Stefanski did say after the game that uh, they will be going back to Deshaun Watson next year. Shocker. As starter, which, I mean, I guess isn't a huge shock. Uh, I, am, I am fascinated, though, by the, like, what's next for Joe Flacco? Because I don't think he's a starter in the league. I really don't think he's a starter in the league. I think he's going to be that guy that, uh, that takes over for, uh, for Deshaun if he stinks, though. I think he's going to be the backup quarterback uh, for, the, uh, for the Browns next year. If it's not there, it's somewhere where I think that he's going to be – he knows after kind of the rocky way it was going to end after the Jets and everything. I think he, he's going to, he's earned himself a whole lot more money, and he probably is okay with being a backup quarterback somewhere. I don't think he's going to want to sign up for a full season with a bad team where he's going to take you know a bunch of lumps and maybe more. I, I think he's earned the fact to be a one of those quality veteran quarterbacks that can be a backup and collect a really big check at, carrying a clipboard. And whether it's there or somewhere else, it, it was just a hell of a story to see what were they five and one down the stretch as the and he was the fourth quarterback they used this year. So I think they're gonna. We talked about this a, a, a time or two where it puts a lot of undue pressure or maybe good pressure on Deshaun Watson, but I don't know that he wants that or he's he's got that in his DNA to want that kind of guy around. But regardless, he's Joe Flacco is going to be in the league somewhere next year. Where do you think it's going to be? You think it'll be well? I, I won't ask it that way because that's a tough question to answer. Will it be Cleveland? I I don't think so. I think someone's going to throw more money at him somewhere else. I, I think that he's going to go, whether it be a contending team or the scary thing is he goes to a lesser than team where he's going to actually maybe possibly have to do more. And that's where I think because of his age and because his athleticism, which ever wasn't besides his arm strength, wasn't ever like super. I think that he could really get himself hurt. But. I, I want to say that he's going to be a backup for a contend, a, a playoff contending team. I'll go Cleveland. Joe, Cleveland or no? Hear me out. Bill Belichick, Joe Flacco, Bijan Robinson, Drake no. London, oh, Kyle Atlanta. <laughs> no. You know, I think Kirk Cousins ends up in Atlanta. Ooh, oh, that's spicy. I know. So, Joe Flacco starting quarterback week one in Minnesota while they wait for J.J. McCarthy? No, Joe Flacco's no. not going to be a starter. I don't think he, I don't think he wants to be a starter well, for I a full season. I think he wants to be. I, I think he, I think mentally he wants to be. I don't know if physically he can hold up to that. Even if it is, you know, Minnesota's a decent team. I, I, I it's, I, it's hard for me to see him starting anywhere. Same, but I, I definitely think he would like to start. I, I do. <laughs> I think just don't think like, he's good enough to start. That's probably the. If he wants to play somewhere and wants to start, I would wait to see where someone like JJ McCarthy gets drafted, and be like, hey, like I'm going to come in, kind of the case Keenan role, but like maybe. It is a good team in the 20s that takes McCarthy. Come on. Joe Flacco is not a I'm, top 32 quarterback in the world. I know, but, like, maybe you go Flacco for a week. You know, maybe he's your your Tom Savage for J.J. McCarthy. Like, you know, see what's going on. Is Flacco a guy that McVay says, if I don't bring Carson Wentz back, Flacco's the guy that backs up Stafford yeah. just in case? I love it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, the Stetson bit at things weird. He just, like, vanished. 
I think he's in. I th- okay. I do too. <laughs> I, I kind of think so I, as well. Here's but the thing, I, Jeremy. Yeah. We all agree. If we I don't think know. He's an AA. I think he's an AA. Don't I, sue me. I agree. <laughs> I think he's an AA. He just mysteriously disappears. It's for his well-being. No one's heard of him since. He had trouble with alcohol. He showed up what at somebody's doorstep like in the middle of the night. He didn't know how he got there. It all adds up to me. He might have been. You know, he might have pulled the Amy Winehouse. He ended up in rehab. Tried to go to rehab and said, uh, no, no, no. You never know. 713-780-3776. Grade the joke. 713-780-3776. Since, uh, since, Dre, since the Houston Texans fans are living rent-free right now in Dre's head and the fan and the fans of the Cowboys, you know, Texans fans are living rent-free in the Cowboys' heads right now, is it official? Are the Texans the team of Texas? Are the Texans greater than the Cowboys? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees. ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Hey, you're heading home. Hopefully, you already went to the grocery store, got you some Daisy Dips. But look for this weekend because I don't want you out there traveling too much with the roads the way they are. But this weekend, you know, there's going to be a big. There's a lot of big football games. We were just talking about the Texans game. If you want to make your viewing party even better. You want to get some Daisy Dips because Daisy Dips, you don't have to do any work, and they make so many of your foods that you're going to serve better. Maybe you ordered pizza. Maybe you're bringing in some wings. If you got those veggie trays because you're still looking to try and eat healthy for the new year or you got your favorite chips, everything's better with Daisy Dips. They got the French onion. They've got the ranch, and the bottom line is they taste like they were made from scratch like my mom used to make when we were growing up having parties to watch games. The fact is, is unlike my mom who had to sit there and be in the kitchen with the soup mix and the spices and the sour cream and the dressing, the, the uh, salad dressing, you don't have to do any of that. You just go to your local grocery store, pick up a few Daisy Dips, and be the hero of your watch party, and people are going to be satisfied, happy, and they're going to compliment you on the dips that you got. So check them out today. Go to your local grocery store and get yourself some Daisy Dips. They are absolutely fantastic. Back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. The show name is a reference to how many great Astros' last name begin with the letter B, who were playing back in the 90s when they were not winning World Series. Bagwell, Biggio, Barry, Bell, and eventually Bergman. You might not remember Barry and Bell, but trust me, you remember Blank and Brenham. Here they are now, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Spencer sounds like he's from Arlington. Who in Houston that has been here for a period of time doesn't know who Derek Bell and Sean Barry is. Doesn't that sound like a transplant? Doesn't that sound like somebody from Arlington, Blankers? Yeah, for sure. I think so. I mean, everybody knows who Derek Bell is. Everybody knows who Sean Barry is if you've been an Astro fan for a period of time. Spencer's a casual. He's a casual transplant from Arlington. Drop, uh, seven- Morgan, drop Morgan Ensberg on Spencer and see what he really knows. I yeah, bet he, he has no clue. Yeah, he probably thought he was like a right tackle at Cal or something. Uh, are the Cowboys... Or are the Texans rather greater than the Cowboys? 713-780-ESPN. This has been a topic of conversation on the Twitch chat quite a bit. Twitch.tv slash ESPN975. That's where that's where Total Arlington resides. That's where Dre resides. Which Dre's a Cowboy fan, but he's an Astro fan and a Rocket fan. Like that never adds up to me. I, I know that there are a lot of people that are Cowboy, Rocket, Astro fans. That's weird to me. I'll be honest. I know I'm a hater right now. I know that there's a huge population of Cowboy, Rocket, Astro fans. That's weird to me. Is that weird to you? It's not as weird because of the fact that a lot of people, it just depends how you looked at it, but when the Oilers left, I think a lot of people around here just went 
went and went right See, to, I think they were Cowboy to the fans Cowboys. before they were Oilers fans. And I think there's a lot of that, too. I think the funniest thing was the tweets going around from several people that said, if you're a Cowboys fan, take it easy. I know it's tough on you, but hey, look, before you know it, the Yankees will be playing again and the Lakers are playing right now. <laughs> I thought those were really well played. Yeah, that was funny. Joaquin says it's completely weird. Dre was not brought up right. I agree. I agree. Uh, anybody who is a, a Cowboy fan, a Rocket fan, and an Astro fan was brought up weird. Uh, like like Total Arlington, at least Total Arlington's an Arlington fan across the board. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's a Cowboy fan, Ranger fan, Mav fan. I can respect that. I might not like you a whole lot, but I can at least respect like that. Beard. Like Beard. Yeah, Beard. Who are Beard's teams? Beard's I'm the confused. Mavs. The Cowboys, and yeah. then I think he sways from the Rangers to the Astros. Who let, this, Astros. who let this is guy he? host Houston Sports Radio? Joe's got a face on <laughs> right I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. I love beer, but I, I that think, is odd. I think it is. I think it's more. I think it's more common than you think in Houston that there are families that were somehow or another raised as Cowboy fans. Maybe because they were so good. When a lot of people were were growing, when a lot of people's parents were growing up, and then all of a sudden it became Cowboys and then Astros and Rockets because as they got older, the Rockets were really good. I don't know about the, the Astros in the eighties were good for a while. Yeah, I mean the Baytown Baddies a uh, is a Cowboy fan. Okay, where did where did he grow fan. up here? Uh, or, Baytown. Okay, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Baytown. <laughs> That's where the you know the name Baytown. Yeah, but he was like the seventh quarterback on the Cowboys. He, he was on, on the, the roster. Yeah. He was QB seven on the roster. That is true. He got some snaps. I think he threw four interceptions in a game. But hey, I never threw in a single interception in a game. Uh, Lamont says no. The Texans are not greater than the Cowboys. Uh, where do you stand on this? Are the Texans greater than the Cowboys? They've lasted longer. They're going to the divisional round. Cowboys are not going to the divisional round. Uh, the Texans and the tech, the Cowboys have not made a conference championship game since the inception of the Houston Texans. So the Texans have made the divisional round. Cowboys have made the divisional round. Neither team has been to a conference title since the Texans were born. Since the Texans were born, Five playoff wins for the Texans, four playoff wins for the Cowboys. Who's greater, Texans or Cowboys? I think based on just the complete crap show that was yesterday, you could say that there was, without question, whether you look at it from Pro Bowls and All Pros and all these other things, there was more talent on paper on the Cowboys, but that's a good team going downward. And there's a there's a, a, a maybe lesser talent on the roster, young team that's going upwards, and they're still playing. Right now, I'm leaning Texans over Cowboys. Cowboys are in disarray, and what Jerry decides to do, and who he gets rid of, and if you take the advice of other all these other people that have suggestions, some people are saying blowing it up. You can't blow it up when you got Mike, Micah Parsons and C.D. Lamb and a lot of the talent that they have Dak's on that football too. team. I know he st- stinks in the playoffs, but I mean, at least he's I mean, he's solid. Like he's a quarterback you're okay with. And Jeremy, I think that that's the key too. If you get instead of McCarthy, who's kind of got his own kind of old school system, the way he runs it with a little more mod- with some modern touches, mm-hmm. I think you get in a Bobby Slowick, you get in a Ben Johnson, you get in a guy that realizes, hey, that West Coast Shanahan system where Dak doesn't have to do as much by himself but he gets it into his weapons' hands a lot quicker and, yeah. and, and in better positions. There's enough talent with, because Ferguson's a good young tight end. They got you know a good receiver room. I just think there's too much talent for them to underachieve as badly as they did in the playoffs. It sounds like you're not a, you're not a fan of the uh, the Belichick to Arlington. I'm thing. not. I, I think that if Jerry is narrow minded and, and Jerry, look Jerry's track record is when you go back to Switzer and you go to Parcells and you go to even it, and all the big names that he gets enamored with. The fact is, is if he could get by himself and his own preferences for big names and get to some two younger guys that are are more current NFL 
offensive-minded coaches, he could, they could, either guy could do a lot with what they have there. Yeah, uh, I I, uh, I I like sports for drama. I like sports for entertainment. So I, I love the idea of Belichick really coaching anywhere. But Belichick with Jerry Oof. Jones in Arlington would be like that's sexy from an entertaining point of view. So like I would want that as just like a, a natural neutral observer. <laughs> Can you imagine now, that hard knocks? Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be awesome. But if I if I were the one making the decision, I I lean your way. Uh, I I would want like a really good offensive mind. Uh, to come in there as opposed to uh, to Belichick. 713-780-ESPN-1790. Cowboys, Spurs, Astro fans are the worst. Do those exist? I'm not sure I've ever met a Cowboy, Spurs, Astro fan. Yeah, that is kind of a, a weird mix. I can understand if you're a San Antonio person, like you have your Spurs and then you don't really have a football team and you don't have a baseball team. So I, I think it's passable in San Antonio. It's kind of weird, but I'll give that a pass. If you're from San Antonio or you're not from, like, one of the big cities like Arlington or or Houston, then I'll give that a pass because you have your NBA team. You don't have an NFL team. You don't have a Major League Baseball team, and then maybe you love sports whenever there wasn't a team in Houston. So I can understand that one. But if you're from from Arlington or the Metroplex and you're from Houston and you're a Cowboys-Spurs-Astros fan, you can't. You can't be. That's impossible. You cannot be that. Yeah, Spurs actually played preseason. I mean, the Cowboys actually played preseason in San Antonio. They had camp there a couple times. Uh, So I can understand that there's a huge Cowboys fandemonium in San Antonio. But I, I have friends of mine that El Jefe, who used to be a huge loyal listener uh, to the to this station, was Spurs, Astros, Texans, and so the, and I think it was because he grew up in San Antonio okay. from basketball. Yeah, because in San Antonio you don't like you said you don't have football and you don't have uh, baseball, so that that's fine. But yeah, I don't understand the if you grew up in in Dallas uh, to have those kind of affiliations. One four eight three. A lot of fans were born in Dallas, but moved here for a better life and picked up a, a hometown. That's a good point because Houston greater than Dallas. There's no doubt about that. Now I'm okay with Dallas fans being in Houston. I'm okay with people that move from Dallas to Houston being Dallas sports fans. But you can't like cherry pick which teams. You can't cherry pick. Okay, I'll be a Cowboy fan, but yeah, give me the Astros and give me the Rockets. Like you got to be consistent with the teams that you've had for your entire life. I don't like the front runners. I I, I, I think you should be loyal. I, I know one. I, so does Joel. Uh, someone we used to work with. Uh, she's a salesperson that is a oh, mass Spurs, Spurs fan. fan. Yes, she is. And I just looked at her Twitter handle and typed in the Cowboys. She is a Spurs Cowboys Astros fan. So That's I know one. So weird. Really? I know one. Where's she from? She's, yeah. she's, she's from, from San Antonio. Okay. So that's where, like, I think that's where it's I, yeah. for, like, as an outsider. Like, I was like, that's where I'm confused. Like. Who do who do San Antonio San Antonians root for in baseball? I think that you yeah. could have you could have they can have their pick of the two teams in the state yeah, probably because they're going to be Spurs and Cowboys for but sure. But there's a massive Cowboy population in San Antonio, and again, because to tap into the market, and especially at that time when when Bud Adams was moving the Oilers out, Jerry Jones made a conscious effort to start using the the dome in San Antonio, and the and the the Cowboys had like some extended training camp and some things like that and preseason games in San Antonio to where he kind of solidified that fan base when they were, because early on they were trying to win the, the popularity bet in the state of Texas for what, you know, who, who the rest of the state roots for when the Texans came back into the, into the picture. Who wins the Super Bowl first, Texans or Cowboys? Oh, Queen B, by the way, on Twitch. She says she. She's head of the Cowboys fan club. She says she's a Spurs, Astros, Cowboys fan. Where's she's she admitting from? to it. She says Kansas. 
So why is she not a Chiefs fan? I don't know. Although the Chiefs play in Missouri. They really do. I, I saw someone make a couple reference to that in the pregame show yesterday about the weather in Kansas. I go, well, that's all super, but the weather's in Missouri. It's so it's so weird. Like, but the airport's in Kansas, if I did remember you, correctly. Did like, you? When you fly into Kansas City, you fly into Kansas, and then you drive across the border to go to. Like, oh, it's really that close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Kansas City takes up two states. Like, did, well, I mean, it overlaps two states. Did you hear? On one of the pregames where they said that the, the original plan with those two stadiums so close together was like a sliding roof that they yeah, wanted that was to, weird. to slide over both stadiums when they needed it. That's bizarre. That I, I, I'd never heard of that. Like, I don't even know how that like, would be, like, logistically possible. Well, because I've seen stories about the underground. There's underground tunnels that can, can connect the two stadiums. Well, how far back? Uh, I saw a story in the last couple of years that... You can connect. You can get in the loading dock tunnel. That's from, what's happening in New York right now. Those underground tunnels. That's true. That is. Yeah. Well, but yeah. But <laughs> these were like sports. legitimately cement based. Like you could drive a bus through, but the ground screws and everything could go back and forth underground between the baseball stadium and the football stadium. So who wins the Super Bowl first, Texans or Cowboys? Texans. I think the Texans. I just challenged Dre to a hundred dollar bet on who wins the Super Bowl first, and Dre just ghosted. Dre Did went he silent. really? Because he knows. Because he knows. He doesn't like Dak, he, and he exactly. knows they're going to keep him. He knows. Hundred dollars, Dre. I, I got Texans. You got Cowboys. Hundred dollars to who wins the Super Bowl first. I'll make a Super Bowl bet with, with you right now, Dre. He's talking a lot of mess today. Let's see if he's going to back it up. Let's see if he's going to put his money where his mouth is at. We'll see. All right, seven one three seven zero. Time's running out, Trey. ESPN. Let, let's car wreck of the day coming up next, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. If Dre doesn't give me an answer in the next three minutes, we know who our car wreck of the day is. Get your nominees in though. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer Bees. ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN ninety two five. Hey, before we go to the break, we know there's a game tonight. We know that there's plenty more games on the horizon, and we know that the best place and the only place I tell you to go to place bets is mybookie.ag because mybookie.ag is the place that you can have fun year-round, and especially with a new year starting, you can be a new you and get involved in some sports gambling so that you can make some extra cash. It's fantastic. At mybookie.ag is the best place to do it because they always take care of their customers, and they've got a ton of bonuses all the time. You need to remember our promo code for any of those bonuses. You use the promo code BET975, and it opens doors to bonuses that are going to help you throughout the year. If you're going to get signed up, you can do an f- initial sign-up bonus. If you're reloading your account, get a reload bonus. Either way, you use the promo code BET975 and you put in anything from $50 to $1,000, they are going to double it. When they double it, that means instantly you have more money in your account, more games you can bet on, and more chances to win. It's all because you go to the the, the leader, in my opinion, in, in online sports betting, and that's mybookie.ag. They're going to take care of you with bonuses. They're also going to take care of you with in-game live betting and all the different games and all the different sports that you can bet on. You can go from NHL, NBA, college, and pro sports. Basically, if they're playing a game, there's a good chance you can bet on it at my bookie. And when there's not games going on, live dealers are standing by for casino games like blackjack, roulette, and a whole lot more. All with live dealers. They take care of you. You take care of them by signing up right now. Go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code BET975, and do what I always tell you to do. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, with the only place I tell you to do it. Mybookie.ag and use that promo code BET975. You all right? My leg is broken. The ball's coming through. This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. Buffalo leads the Steelers 21-10 under two minutes left to play in the third quarter. 
the Bills lining up for a field goal. They probably already kicked this field goal because Joe said my TV's behind. Joe, they already kicked it's the good. field goal. It's good. 24-10 Buffalo leads uh, the Steelers. I got uh, I stream. That's what you get for streaming. You're always about uh, three beats late. So Buffalo's up 24-10 over the Steelers. Looks like the game has been determined unless the Steelers can do something crazy. So like cover? That's that's what that's what we're. I'm going to be sweating. Yeah, I, I'm already I'm already convinced. I've already conceded that the Texans are going to buff to a Baltimore on Saturday. Now what we have to sweat is the plus ten. That's right, plus ten for the Steelers. Now we got screwed on that, by the way, because I wanted I thought that game was going to be played yesterday with the worst conditions and the lesser conditions. In fact, a good bookie would have canceled the bet. That's a good point. Just what I'm just saying. I was surprised that they didn't. Just saying that, like the most of the major sports books said, the games within 24 hours, so they're going to keep the bets alive. Yeah, so we might have to uh, bet that we might have to cancel that veto on BZ Money because we have a good uh, we have a good bookie and Mr. Gal, unless they win, of course, in which case we won. All right, let's get to our car wrecks of the day presented by CarWrecksTexas.com. What are you nominating first here, Blankers? First one to me is obvious. It is the catastrophe that was the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Everybody wants to just blame Mike McCarthy. Dan Quinn, where was your defense? Dan Quinn, you knew you had to, all you had to do was stop the run and you really limit the Green Bay Packers, and you couldn't do that? Like, Dak Prescott sucked. Dan Quinn sucked. Mike McCarthy sucked. And a team that was that good all year and ended up winning the division is done yet again in the playoffs. Jerry Jones, your entire organization right now sucks. Yeah, I think that's a uh, – I was going to nominate them as well. So it sounds like we have our leader in the clubhouse – Mike McCarthy, I mean, they showed up for a big game and just laid an egg. And yeah. I, I think the Packers were – Packers are better, and you would know this better than anybody, Blinkers. I, I do think the Packers are probably better now than, like, they were before the start of the year. For sure. They're, I think they're better than their record is, quite honestly. I've actually, I actually really like that team because uh, I think LaFleur is a really good coach, like you mentioned earlier. It sounds like I'm, har- I'm a higher on love than you are, but I do like the way that offense clicks. Like, I, and I think it is Lafleur more than anybody else. I also like their young receivers. I, I like their young target. Their, their young targets. No, I, I see. That's the thing, Jeremy. They're better than they were at the start of the season. They're way better. They turned the corner at the midseason point, and they turned it on. And it, and, and the thing is, to, to the point you made, he love maybe doesn't have to be a team that carry carries a team on his shoulders. A guy that carries a team on his shoulders. He just runs that West Coast offense and does the things that he's he's counted on to do to get it out of his hands quickly, to put it in his playmaker's hands. They're the youngest team in the NFL. they got a boatload of talent all across the field. they got a chance to be pretty good in a couple years. Yeah, I, I think I think they have a chance to be pretty good now. I, 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 I sounds like I think more of the Packers than you Yeah, do. they're going to get boat race next week. I think so, too. But I think they're in a good position to really take off. Like, you mentioned the money they have to spend, and I don't think they have to spend much of that money offensively. Like, maybe to extend love, but you have Dobbs on still his rookie deal. Watson never plays. That's frustrating because I think he's a really good talent. He's on a rookie deal. And then I think Jaden Reed's a really good football Reed's player. really, really and they have good. And they have two solid tight, tight ends. ends. Two rookie tight ends that are really, really good, too. They got to unload Bakhtiari because his contract's just a killer. He's going to be a Jet, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he'll go with Aaron. Um, they they got to figure out what to do with Jair Alexander, but it seems like the way Lafleur was all over rooting Ron him up yesterday that they're over that little snafu because he's so good on the corner. And then Aaron Jones makes twelve millions a year, but when he plays like he does right there, it's not a bad problem to have because of how good he can yep. be. But yeah, they they got a really good young, bright future. I was going to nominate uh, Dre for not taking me up on my offer 
but he ended up accepting it. So, Dre, let, let the record show. And we have the receipts now. We're putting this on the record. It'll forever live on the Twitch. It'll forever live on the podcast. Dre and I have agreed to a $100 bet blinkers. Okay. If the Cowboys win a Super Bowl before the Texans, Dre wins the bet. If the Texans win the uh, Super Bowl before the Cowboys, yours truly wins the bet. Wow. So I can't nominate Dre because he, he wasn't honorable, and he accepted my, my offer. That means Dre is actually betting on a guy that he would bet against in Dak Prescott. I think I might have suckered him into it. I think mm. he I think he succumbed to my, my pressure. It's, I think it's quite possible. Yeah. You like who which side of the bet do you like, Blinker? I like the Texans. Joe, I like which your side, side of the, of the bet. bet. Do you like? Texans. Yeah. Hey, Dre, I'll let you buy out of the bet for $95. I'll let you buy out of it for 95 bucks. Joe, what are you nominating for the car wreck of the day? Uh, I'm going to nominate the people that don't understand how the voting process works. I was uh, uh, for NFL awards. I was producing the A&M game on Saturday before the Texans, uh, before the Texans game started and went over there to watch uh, watch at the bar with Mabes and BMAC. Brian. And these, and Brian, and, the, and these idiots, whoever was on ESPN National Radio, kept saying, well, D'Amico Ryans with this win over the Browns secured a coach yeah. of the year. And I heard it locally, too. It's just, it's it's stupid. Like, now, it, it's it's embarrassing. You're 100% right. It is stupid for not knowing how it works. If I could vote a week later, I would change my vote. 100% yes, but that's not how it <laughs> I would, works. I know, you but can't I would. say, like, well, D'Amico won the game, so D'Amico wins. It's like the people who talked about Jokic last year as the MVP. Well, he went farther in the playoffs yeah. than Joel Embiid. It's a regular season award. For for what it's worth, I agree with you. Like I'm not I'm not arguing with you. I I 100% agree. Don't you think it should be full season though, yes. and not regular season? 100%. Yeah. Yep. So should the nominee really be how the votes are constructed? Like the fact that it's a regular season I award and not a full season? Yeah, it's two it's two separate conversations. I think it is two separate conversations. Blankers, you have another one, or should we end it there? No, I think we can end it there because I think we're all going to know who's yeah. going to win. Cowboys, Mike yeah. McCarthy. Hell yeah. 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 Without question. Also, well, Jordan- Dre, Dre safe face. He was close. We save face. Jordan Love makes me want to jump off a bridge, though. Just so you guys know. In a good way. The Bears, in a bad way. The Bears fan <laughs> That's how I feel about Jordan Love. I think he's good. I think he's going to ruin my life for the next Who 10 years. Who will the Bears quarterback be next year? Is Caleb Williams. Or Williams. Caleb Williams. I, wow. I thought you were a Fields guy. I am, but I think it'll be Caleb. Do All you right. really? Yep. I think they're sticking with Fields. It's going to do it for us. We thank everybody for tuning in. Special thanks to Joe I George for doing all fields. the hard work. Uh, he's blank. I'm Branham. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. National Radio next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.